the Lord's Prayer. Um, and uh, the, the, the best part of the summer series in my mind is that uh, we're not hearing from the same folks all the time. So uh, I actually don't know what the state of people leading lessons throughout the summer is. Uh, but if you haven't had an opportunity to uh, teach one of those elements and would like to, uh, see an elder except me because I'm not sure if it's uh, covered or not. But the, the best part of this uh, session is, is one, it's combined, we're all together, and two, uh, it's an opportunity for uh, heads of households uh, to teach. So if you're interested, please do that. Let's, uh, let's pray. Oh Lord, dear Heavenly Father, uh, you are so good to us, uh, and Father, we confess that we can often overlook that and rely in our own strength and power and, and talents that you've uh, given us, uh, but Father, we confess uh, that we don't always rely on you as we should, so Father, uh, we pray that uh, this morning that we would uh, not rely on our wisdom and uh, but, Father, uh, your Holy Spirit to lead us as we think this morning about you. Uh, Father, uh, please uh, be with us and guide us. Uh, and, Father, we uh, pray uh, that uh, all our conversations and thoughts and discussions would be glorifying to you. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, okay, so before we... Um, continue on in the Lord's Prayer, I wanted to review what uh, Matthew led us with, and that was the pretext uh, to the Lord's Prayer. So uh, wh what do you guys remember about the pretext to the Lord's Prayer? What were some of the key points that we uh, talked about? And, and what uh, we, we talked a little bit about the uh, root cause behind many words. What was the uh, root cause? Yes. Ah, okay, so turning God into Santa Claus. Um, I, I remembered it this way. Right, so it, it, it's, it's really kind of exalting ourselves uh, because the, the description was uh, they, they want to be seen. You know, the, the preacher on the street corner, many words, uh, that's exalting um, themselves uh, at that time. And so that's not a problem for us today, right, because we know better? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, what else? What, uh, what else uh, did Jesus uh, comment on before he went into the Lord's Prayer? Or, or even another aspect of that uh, being seen. What did Jesus say about reacting to the desire to be seen? Tim, you look like you want to say something. 
that's great. What uh, what uh, what was the what was the admonition? The corrective. And how? Well, it, no, it's, it, he sees in secret, but the, the interesting, this is, uh, and I don't know that we talked about it last week, so this is a little bit of a trick question, um, where he said, <laughs> where he said, you know, I'll reward you how? Openly. So, you know, that, that is the, the mysterious thing about God's word is he kind of takes what, how man uh, would approach this and, and flip it on its head uh, where, you know, you're going to uh, pray to me privately uh, and I'm going to reward you not privately uh, but openly, which is not something we would think of because we think, well, if it's in private, who's going to know? just between uh, God and I. So, so I thought that was uh, uh, pretty neat. Okay, any, any other uh, observations about the pretext? Okay, um, I, I uh, uh, think the final point before we get into the verse, the scripture that we're going to talk about today which is, uh, you know, as we think about the Lord's Prayer, there are actually parts to it. Uh, and we're going to study the preface, the address. And then we're going to stop. So it's an incredibly short amount of scripture that we're going to read concerning the Lord's Prayer, but we are going to look at scripture uh, that goes behind the power uh, of just those few uh, short uh, words, which is, Our Father who art in heaven. Uh, but as he introduced it, there was one aspect uh, we talked about, and that was, is this appropriate as a public prayer? Is this just private? How are we to treat uh, the Lord's Prayer? And one of the aspects of this uh, that we need to address, because as you know, we uh, pray the Lord's Prayer as part of our worship uh, verbatim. Uh, but uh, there's a little phrase before he gets into the Lord's Prayer. What is that little phrase? Yes, it, 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 there's the this manner. So uh, this prayer uh, is appropriate verbatim, uh, but it's also a model. It's also a, a pattern that we can use. Now, we won't discuss that pattern today because that's going to unfold as we go uh, throughout the summer, and we'll see the elements, what's, what's there. Uh, but it's important to understand uh, that uh, if, if you uh, don't pray uh, this verbatim and pray other way, that's fine. Uh, you know, but this is important because Jesus said, uh, you know, this is a model. Uh, one other uh, aspect of this is, as I uh, studied uh, to prepare for this lesson this week, uh, several of the uh, commentators that uh, wrote, pastors that wrote about this, uh, pointed out, and we'll discover as we go through this, that calling this the Lord's Prayer is a little odd because the Lord doesn't pray this. He instructs us to pray this. So uh, some people uh, call this the disciples' uh, prayer. 
uh, because they asked, and, and that's uh, the guidance that was given. Okay, so uh, if you guys have your uh, Bibles open to uh, Matthew 6, um, you know, we've, we've kind of just reviewed the pretext, which is 5 for 8, uh, but now we're going to study that first part uh, and of uh, verse 9, and what I want to caution me, I'm really talking to myself here, but all of you as well, is it'll be really easy to bleed over into other parts of the Lord's Prayer, particularly in this first part, um, uh, the address. So what we're going to stick to is the address, Our Father uh, who art in heaven. So there are, as I studied this, there are three parts, uh, three significant words. Our Father, heaven. Sorry, heaven. Uh, and I'm going to uh, talk about it, but a little bit in, uh, not in that order. Uh, the first part we're going to look at and study is the word father, uh, how that came about as the reference uh, to God. Uh, so does anyone know, is father used in the Old Testament as a reference uh, for God? It is. It is. Um, someone turned to, um, let's see, Malachi 2.10. Someone, who, who's got Malachi 2.10? Okay, excuse me, thank you, Frank. Um, and, and we'll pick uh, Isaiah 64.8. Someone want to read that? Okay, good. Go ahead, Frank, if you've got that. And Isaiah? Okay. Now, uh, so the answer is yes. Father is used uh, in the Old Testament. And in this context, what is the uh, attribute um, that is described in terms of God our Father? Creator. Go ahead. Okay. What she said? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So um, not always, but a majority of the time, the way Father is used in the Old Testament is referring to uh, the Creator. Uh, so in other words, He created us, uh, that uh, scripture about you're, you're the potter, uh, we're the clay. Uh, but that um, changed in the New Testament uh, with Jesus. Uh, when Jesus referred to God the Father, what was different? Yeah, exactly. Um, so what's different about that than God the Creator? Right. Right, right. This, this, uh, th that's exactly it. So, uh, Jesus, when uh, he refers to the Father, and this is uh, throughout 
uh, the New Testament, uh, but a lot in his prayer to God in John uh, 17. And that's just one of many places in the Bible where we see that personal relationship and, and some of the struggles and reaching out to his father. Uh, so that's pretty established in the, in the uh, uh, Bible. Uh, but now I want to transition and actually spend the most of the time on the second word or the, the first word in the prayer, which is our, our Father. Uh, so I want to look at how did that happen. We, we all know uh, that Jesus is his only begotten son. So Jesus is the only one who can say, my Father. But something happens in the New Testament where he tells his disciples, he's more than my father. He's your father. Uh, so let's go see uh, where that uh, happens. If someone uh, could, oh, uh, one other point. Um, when Jesus did that, uh, when, when he said, God is my father, did the Jews say, amen, brother? What was the reaction uh, when they heard Jesus uh, referring to God as his father? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear. Yeah, yeah, they wanted to, as a matter of fact, um, uh, Rob, since uh, you got the right answer, if you could read uh, verses 17 and 18 uh, in John 5. Yeah, so they, uh, they didn't particularly care for that. That was blasphemy, and blasphemy was uh, worthy, punishable uh, by death. Uh, so this uh, concept uh, that, um, that we're going to talk about, that he is our father, uh, before we get into the reasons why, I wanted to kind of talk about uh, some error uh, that we'll hear about. And and every church, just about every church we drive by here in this area kind of makes uh, that uh, misapplication of our father. And it's this idea of the universal fatherhood of God. He's, he's father, he's creator of all, uh, but he's father of all. And that is basically a liberal theology uh, that, t that diminishes the relationship between Jesus and God in other words, that's not really special. God is just uh, God uh, of all, and, and he's the uh, father of everybody, uh, not just those who the father has given him before the foundation uh, of the world. So that's, uh, that's something that uh, as we witness and share with our uh, coworkers, neighbors, uh, uh, friends, you're apt to run into that universal fatherhood, and that's the end of the, uh, uh, the religion there. Okay, um, so uh, getting into our father, 
Um, let's uh, look at where Jesus uh, taught his disciples that, and then we'll extend that to ourselves. So if someone could read John, read John 20, verse 17, and then, uh, okay, thank you. And who's got uh, Hebrews 2, 11? And Hebrews 2.11? So as, um, you know, one was uh, at his uh, uh, return, uh, the second uh, though has a little bit of a corollary. So, the, you know, what do we uh, learn in the first? Go, go ahead and read that again. John 20, 17, I think. Yeah, so uh, there is where Jesus is pointing out um, he is not just my father, uh, he's your father. And there's a, there's a corollary to that. So if we both share the same father, uh, what's the relationship uh, between us? Right. And, and that's uh, a little bit what we heard in Hebrews, is that uh, Jesus is our elder and their elder um, brother. So that relationship is expanded in two ways, where he, where he you know, overtly says, He's, he's your father too, uh, and, and I'm your brother, and I'm not ashamed uh, to call, call you that, okay? So now uh, let's look into how that gets extended. How is that possible for the disciples? Uh, what was behind that ability for Jesus to say, he is your uh, father, um, you know, why is that happened? So we're going to do some reading here. Um, Galatians 3.26, if someone could take that. Okay, Brian? Unless you were scratching. Okay, you were scratching, okay. Uh, Galatians 4.4. 4. Actually, Galatians 4.4 4, uh, 4 through 7. Someone could take that? Okay. And then finally, Romans 8, 14 through 17. Anybody? I mean, Tim, thank you. And actually, while they're uh, looking, finding that scripture... Uh, when uh, I taught the uh, seventh and eighth graders, I think, I used to uh, bring in a whiteboard uh, and we would do a little Pictionary uh, competition and I would, I would pick out a word that was meaningful in the scripture we were studying and uh, I would have the teams, you know, try and get the, uh, the, the people on their team to say that word. So the word that's significant here that we're going to read about, I thought, 
that's really hard. I don't, I don't think anyone's going to get it, so I decided not to do that. Okay, Galatians, uh, uh, I, I thought charades, maybe. I don't know. Okay, so Galatians 3.26. And then Galatians 4, and just read verse 4 through 7. All right, so let's pause there before we uh, read Romans. Uh, what is the word that none of you would have been able to get your teens to say had you been the one drawing? How is it, what, I'm sorry? Right, right, adoption. Adoption is the, <laughs> yeah. Um, so ad adoption is that great act of mercy and grace uh, that allowed us um, to have access to the Father. And, and by whose work do we have that access? Yeah, and specifically, what is it uh, that Christ did to grant us that access? I think Teresa asked the question uh, last week uh, during uh, Sunday school, and, and Matthew gave, gave a, a great, concise answer about Christ's work. Uh, that, so what, what is it that Christ did uh, that uh, merited that adoption? Remember, Matthew was saying, you know, God is a righteous element. We are not. So how, how can those two coexist? And without that, we could not have uh, access uh, to the Father. So uh, Christ uh, serves as a mediator uh, role for us, intercessing uh, even now uh, on our behalf. Uh, so that is the basis uh, for that adoption. Uh, adoption is kind of a legal process uh, uh, to um, have that uh, sonship um, uh, effective. Uh, and so we kind of use that word to communicate that God extended to all of us. And he here's the thing that I think all of us uh, look past is that, you know, what does that adoption mean to us? So Jesus is God's only begotten son and he's adopted us. He's equivocated us with Jesus in terms of his love. When I thought about that uh, this week, that kind of blew me away 
in terms of how I live my life and do I believe that God loves me the same as he loves Christ? So I want to stop there. How how does that resonate uh, with you guys, this this adoption? I, I started off with the thought that, well, when we hear the word adoption, Uh, We think of a legal process, uh, perhaps, and perhaps some of us have have experienced that. Uh, But God's adoption of us isn't that same legal uh, process. So I just want to open this up a little bit for comments. How does that affect your thinking? And it's okay if you're like, wow, I, you know, sometimes I completely uh, overlook uh, that act of uh, mercy and, and what it means. Anybody? Open mic. Let me, let me maybe start with an easier one. How about father? Um, our father is kind of the standard uh, by which we pray. I did it this morning. That is uh, by far and away the most common or preferred way of praying to God. So, our father, we all have one. Uh, what uh, does that bring to the table uh, sometimes when we're focusing on perhaps our earthly father and not our heavenly father? That's allowed. Which which uh, question? Okay. Okay, so there, there was one um, confession there that <laughs> I'm not a perfect dad. I'm not, I'm not a uh, perfect uh, father. So perhaps that creeps in uh, to our approach to God uh, because our more common frame of reference is either our earthly father or the fact that you are a father uh, and you find yourself wanting um, uh, for the things that our Heavenly Father uh, can do, uh, is able uh, to do. Did, did everyone, uh, I guess this is a loaded question in this audience, uh, but for those um, that are over uh, 30, uh, was your father a great uh, father, perfect father? No. <laughs> Right, right. Uh, you know, uh, of, of course not. And, and are you a perfect father, Tim? I mean, he said he wasn't, but there's hope for you. Are you a perfect father? Right? Yeah, yeah, in, in, uh, in process. Frank? 
What, what, why, why is that hard? So let's uh, go there, and this segues uh, a little bit to the in heaven and what's the significance of in heaven, which obviously separates us from God and our fathers from uh, the Father. Uh, but, but picking up on Frank's, uh, that uncomfort, uh, and, and who, who did I ask to read Romans? Tim, go ahead and let's read that. Yes, 14 through 17, chapter 8. Thank you. Um, touching, I wanted to pick up on Frank's discomfort with the translation of Abba, which is father, uh, and today, uh, you know, might be uh, referred to as dad. Uh, what is the, what's the reason that we're uncomfortable calling God the father dad? What, what did he allude to? You know, this difference between ourselves and God, that infinite gulf uh, between the two. Yeah. When you um, particularly think of times of uh, trouble or crisis, uh, you know, one question is, who do you call out to uh, when you're in a fix, when you're in a situation? And th this is humbling. You don't have to perhaps say uh, the answer out loud, but think about what you turn to, who you turn to when you need help. You're at a schlitz. Uh, there is nothing that you can do. You need help. Just think about that for a moment. You know what you what you turn to. That can be a very humbling, uh, a very humbling thought. <clears throat> 
uh, and, and for our earthly fathers, uh, dad, our dads, do we approach our dads with reverence, with that? Don't look at your kids. Um, I'm kidding. Uh, and, and that discomfort that uh, you were sharing, I think the word to put on that is reverence. We're uncomfortable using a word that we use to refer to our fathers to refer to God. Uh, and, and, and being meek and humble and reverent and fearful, uh, you know, trembling, uh, those aren't inappropriate ways uh, to approach God. Uh, yet that term, uh, daddy, uh, there, there's been, you know, lot, you know, kind of makes us uh, cringe a little bit. But the point is not the name, but who you reach out to in times of trouble. And that should be God. Uh, because, you know, I just kind of described that self-reliance uh, that we all tend to do. You know, we, we, it's so easy to rely on our own strength and not uh, the fathers, to fool ourselves into thinking, I'll call you when I need you, uh, when I'm in trouble. And that's a trap for all of us. And I think that, to Kathy's point, let's talk about the various ways and reasons we approach God in prayer. Just, you know, r rattle off some. Who is God? Why do we go to Why do we go to uh, God in prayer? Yes. Okay. Sovereignty. Okay. Um, what else? Provider. Okay. So meets needs. Okay. Can do anything. Um, what else? I'm sorry. Yes, he commands us to. That's a very good reason. Yes, Jay. He listens. To what? What are some of the things we say to God? So we talked about provider, so I need, I need. What else do we do? Thank him. Right, excellent. What else do we, what else do we say to God? We do it every worship service. Yet we praise him, good. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you, yes. Stand up. <laughs> Just so everyone can hear you. Right, we confess. Um, so, and, and we do that in our word. All of those things we do in our uh, worship service. So the, the, the takeaway here is we can often approach God for what he does for us, forgive, provide, heal, direction, uh, rather than who he is. Uh, and, and here is where I want to segue uh, in our remaining time to in heaven. So we talked about the Father, God is the Father, and we talked about how did that get expanded to our Father, and the answer was through adoption. Uh, and we've kind of talked about this a little bit already, uh, what is the purpose of in heaven?
Well, yeah, yes, you know, it is, it is the address. Uh, so this is a little bit, um, and I, I have to admit, when uh, Matthew, uh, you know, caught me in the hall and said, hey, how do you feel about teaching uh, next week? And I thought about these four, you know, our, our Father in heaven, and I thought, oh my, uh, 45 minutes? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. So this part in heaven, uh, we've already uh, talked about that. Uh, what does it convey? What, what is in heaven that isn't here? What, perhaps the, uh, another way to answer the question is what isn't that aspect of God? Right. Uh, yes, Tim. No, go ahead. I wasn't, but go ahead. Yeah, scripture, and, and perhaps, you know, what, what are uh, your favorite verses that describe God's majesty, his glory, his sovereignty, his infinite, you know, all those heavenly attributes, uh, that omnipresence that kind of remind us right from the start who we're approaching. Any, anybody, this just, you know, what, what are some of the scriptures you would go to to point to God's glory? You know, Psalms, yes. Mm -hmm. No, that's a good one. That, right, that's just a great picture of who God is uh, and who we are. Yes, Frank. Right, and, and there are so many others, you know, just about virtually any psalm is going to declare uh, you know, some glorious attribute about our uh, Heavenly Father. Tim. Does anyone remember what Neil 
uh, said that young theologian uh, in Sunday school uh, last Sunday morning. So I, th I think this is, you know, one of those, you know, priceless moments for a father when your son is about to say something in front of a bunch of people. And you, but he hit the nail on the head. Uh, what he pointed out, and, and this is approaching uh, this with the heart of a child, uh, he knew that lots of people back in that day worshipped idols, right? They worshipped some man-created God. And this reminds us that this isn't the, that's not who we're uh, praying to. So um, uh, that was uh, terrific. Um, what, is, what is another God that's very close to us that we can pray to sometimes? Yeah, thank you, Jay. And we, we kind of uh, talked about that a little bit when we kind of asked ourselves quietly and personally and perhaps a reason to confess later on in the service this morning, when we're in trouble, who do you turn to? Uh, and, and a lot of times it can be, ah, you know, I'll try harder or I'll phone a friend or, you know, all kinds of reasons uh, that are, that are uh, uh, wrong. Uh, or at least perhaps uh, insufficient. Uh, because the person you could be asking is a brother or sister in Christ, and that's, that's a good thing. Jay? Cover everybody. Does that remind anybody of, uh, you know, Paul's observation, right? He said, I see there you're praying to a God that, you know, the unknown uh, God, which is kind of a little bit what uh, Jay was describing. Um, I did want to talk a little bit quickly. Uh, we talked about Christ's role as our mediator. Uh, he gave us uh, his righteousness, so uh, that's the basis uh, I wanted to talk about that we can approach God. I wanted to talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit. Uh, and uh, that would, I, I, Tim, if you read uh, Romans uh, 8, uh, there are a couple of times in Romans 8 where the Holy Spirit uh, is referenced. So if someone, I won't, we won't read 14 through 17, uh, but that talked about uh, you didn't receive the spirit of fear, but the spirit of adoption. So that should be our comfort. Um, could someone read uh, Romans 8.26? Thanks, Corey. Uh, 
and uh, Luke 11.13. Thanks, Kim. Uh, so we saw in the first verse, 826, uh, that scenario where we're uh, at our uh, wits end and the Holy Spirit is the one that helps us uh, because we don't even know what to pray for. We're just in that, uh, in that bottom, um, out of uh, options. Uh, and so the Holy Spirit is there. And then in uh, Luke, uh, a little bit comparing our earthly fathers who are good to us uh, and our heavenly father and how much more able and powerful our heavenly father is uh, and specifically manifest that help in terms of sending uh, the Holy Spirit. Um, okay, uh, so are there any other, I wanted to uh, uh, close here uh, with a little bit of a uh, summary, uh, but this is one of those lessons, and this is, uh, always happens, when you think, how is this going to go? Uh, what are we going to talk about? When we're focused on God, uh, that's kind of the entirety of the Bible and all those attributes and what he can do for us and the roles uh, he's given for Christ and the Holy Spirit and the way uh, that all works. Um, one of the commentators, and actually the commentator cited uh, some of our early church fathers um, that uh, basically observed that the New Testament is really the story of God our Father. Uh, that's, the, that's one of the differences in the message that Christ brings, uh, and, I'll, and I'll read a quote from uh, Packer. You sum up the whole of the New Testament uh, teaching in a single phrase, if you speak of it as a revelation of the fatherhood of the Holy Creator. Uh, so yes, he is the creator, but in the New Testament, this our father uh, for all of us um, arrives on the scene. And I want to finish by uh, reading the larger catechism uh, version. Just a, a note when you're preparing, um, check uh, the catechism when you're teaching on scripture and find out where that scripture is captured in our confession uh, of faith. So I'm going to read to you larger catechism question 189. What does the preface of the Lord's Prayer teach us? The preface of the Lord's Prayer contained in these words, Our Father which art in heaven, teacheth us when we pray to draw near to God with confidence of his fatherly goodness and our interest therein with reverence and all other childlike dispositions, heavenly affections, and due apprehensions of his sovereign power, majesty, and gracious condescension, as also to pray with and for others. Uh, so that uh, hopefully you'll recognize some of those elements that we hit in our uh, discussion uh, about our Father uh, in heaven. Are there any other uh, questions or uh, comments before we close? All right, let's pray.
Dear Heavenly Father, you uh, have been so uh, gracious to us in ways that we, we probably don't uh, understand the magnitude of what it means to have access to you uh, un, unearned, uh, undeserved, uh, Father, uh, to lay our petitions to you, to glorify you and worship you. Father, we're so thankful uh, for that gift, for that act of mercy, and for Jesus Christ uh, who paid uh, for that ability and the Holy Spirit who enables it. And we uh, pray to you uh, in the name of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.